Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. My friends, I am so thrilled about today's episode. You know that this year I am reformatting the podcast, and most months we're only going to have one guest episode a month, and it's in accordance with the theme of the month. This month's theme, and if you're listening in the future, it is April of 2021, but this month's theme is emotional and spiritual wellness. I think I totally flubbed that, but that's just me, emotional and spiritual wellness. There are some months, though, that I have friends who I know will be able to provide so much value, and today's episode is with my friend Mark Stern. I want to tell you that he was a guest. He was the guest on episode 114, which was way back in September 2017. I can't believe that that was almost four years ago, Mark, but we were chatting just before the episode, and we've known each other for nearly... I just lost count. Six years. We've never met in person. We've only done Skype, Zoom, and phone calls with each other. But I was, what did I do? Marketing automation for you and your first business. But you've shifted. And that's where today comes in. Mark, I'd love for you to reintroduce yourself. Share what you're doing now. And then we'll jump right in. Thank you, Kim, so much for having me on. My name is Mark Stern. I run a business called needtoBeheard.com, and that's the number two in the letter B. And we believe that there is an epidemic of loneliness going on in this country and in this world, in addition to, of course, the pandemic that's going on, which has driven a lot of people to feel very isolated and alone. And we have provided a, a listening service with professional listeners, which is not medical therapy, but yet it is very therapeutic. And we offer empathy and caring and a true connection and light life coaching to those who wish to connect with us. So before we jumped into today's episode, Mark and I were catching up on some of the past. And as I said, we had started working together in 2015. And I'm sure I had shared with Mark after the fact, back in 2016, I just want to give a trigger warning to anybody that some of the content in this episode may be a little bit sensitive. So just be forewarned, but everything in in this episode is intended to help you and inspire you and perhaps provide you a, a direction to go in if you're facing any of the challenges that we talk about here. But in 2016, I was so sleep deprived in my business that I became suicidal And as I mentioned, Mark and I were already working together, but I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to about it. And that was entirely not true. My husband is amazing, but for those of you who are perhaps not in a relationship or in a relationship where the person isn't necessarily the most supportive person, I've been there too. And I understand how it feels, but I didn't want to put any of the weight of how I was feeling on my husband. So I didn't say anything to anybody. And then I got to the lowest of lows and thankfully I did not take any actions or else I wouldn't be here to talk to you today. But I want you to know that there's always somebody to talk to. There's, I mean, If you're feeling that low, I'm here. 
and Mark now has the service. But Mark, I want to know, considering it's 2021 right now, we've been going through this worldwide pandemic for almost a year now. When did this idea start coming to you? Was it pre-pandemic or in the midst of the pandemic? I'm curious. So I will address that, of course. But what I want to say is that it is very difficult and not always possible to talk to a loved one, a clergy person, or one of your friends about some things that are very difficult to work out. And I fully understand and love the fact that you're open about where you were. But the truth is, it's all right to speak to someone outside of your social circle about deep things. Yeah. Provided that you get the understanding and empathy that you really need. So I I want you to know, as your friend, I would have been happy to talk to you anytime about everything that was going on for you. I don't know that I've ever shared why I didn't talk to my husband, because I know he would have been there. But the reason why I didn't talk to my husband, Dave, was twofold. I didn't want him to feel like he was in any way to blame for how I was feeling because he certainly was not. But a bigger reason was because in 2008, while trying to unsuccessfully build my first business, I had been in the same situation. I was so sleep deprived that I was suicidal in 2008. You would have thought that I would have learned my lesson, but I really didn't until 2016 when it happened again. I didn't see how sleep deprivation, and I'm not saying that sleep deprivation is the cause for everything. It just was for me. I told my first husband, and the first thing he said was, uh, you need to be committed. If you ever want to see your kids again, I'm taking you to the hospital right now. And I was so afraid, even though I knew I had no reason to feel like my husband Dave would do that to me. I was so afraid that it would happen again. So I kept quiet. And for all the family members and significant others out there, I want to encourage you to be supportive and not threatening like that when your loved one comes to you, because it wasn't the beginning of the end, but it was definitely a big marker in the end of our relationship. Right. And you felt that that was a threat, but do you feel that perhaps he was coming from a place of love where he was actually trying to protect you? Perhaps. However, he contacted a divorce attorney while I was in the mental hospital. Ah, so there's a difference. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't drugs for people. And I understand that that's not what your service is. You're not prescribing, right? Right. So what happened was, and I think it's really important to share this. When I went in, they took blood and they realized that my thyroid was way out of whack, like way out of whack. They never asked me about sleep and they attributed everything well, a small portion to my thyroid, which thyroid dysfunctions can do crazy things, but they just attributed it to anxiety and depression. So when I left the hospital a week later, I was given three mega doses of serious medications. And I am a creative. Mark, you know I'm a creative. You know anytime we can get on the line and I can brainstorm a gazillion ideas of how to work through whatever you're working on. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things that attracted me to you when we first met a thousand years ago 
was your willingness to brainstorm and your capacity to think outside the box, which is, you know, it helped me launch my prior business. And it's also one of the reasons why I reached out to you again, aside from the fact that I missed hanging out with you, was I needed your cognitive feedback for someone who could really understand an idea out of the box and try to move it forward. Thank you. Thank you. And I know you're a creative person too. I mean, you're a guitar player. You see music probably in your head along with a whole bunch of other stuff. But what had happened to me on these drugs was that I looked at white paper and I saw white. And I don't know that that people who don't think the same way as I do will necessarily understand this, but there was nothing more unsettling than looking at white paper and seeing white. Absolutely. Does that make any sense? It's frightening because as a creative person, you do have the capacity to make something from nothing. And when you lose that capacity, that's like losing a part of yourself that's so important to your existence. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to be able, I had a scrapbooking business at that time. I didn't even scrapbook, but, you know, I could see ideas all the time. Mark, I don't know how to play the guitar. All right. But I can't imagine being as proficient and amazing as you are picking up the guitar and not feeling like I know that there's days that you may not feel like feeling, but there's a music for every mood. Right. But just picking up a guitar and not feeling or not hearing music. That's how I would think it would be. It is. It's exactly the correlation is brilliant. But two things. First of all, I could totally teach you how to play the guitar. <laughs> I want to learn. Actually, yeah, let's talk about that some other time. But that's something I wanted to learn for years. So thank you. Yes. And as a creative person, when I pick up the guitar, no matter what my mood is, something will come out that reflects that mood. And, you know, one of the reasons, getting back to your original question about when we concepted and started to implement Need to Be Heard, it was during a downtime in the pandemic of, over the summer last year. And <laughs> there was a void. There was an emotional void. And I started to come up with a plan to give people an outlet to really be heard and really allow themselves to feel like someone is there for them. And also not to be in the pipeline of psychotherapy where you have to deal with insurance and you have to be diagnosed. Sometimes you just need an ear to talk to. So when my partner and I, my partner Tara and I came up with the idea, we wanted to put it in a framework of caring, a framework of creative process where it's a give and take between us and our clients and equating that to the guitar and the creative process of music is brilliant because that's really what it is. It's one human interacting with another. So how did this conversation come about with you and Tara? Well, the irony is when I came up with the idea, I started Googling to see if anyone else had this idea. And the only person that came up was Tara. And I had met her about 15 years ago at a networking event. And she no was way. a listening business. 
And she and I connected and we talked about it and she really wasn't pursuing it. But we came up with the framework of pursuing it well into the future. Okay. I don't want to put salt on any possible wounds, but I want to know how your purpose and your passion fit in with need to be heard versus, and I won't name any names here, but the old business, was there purpose and passion in the old business at any point? And how do you feel like it fits in here? I think that the old business was me looking as an entrepreneur for something to do where I could help people and make money. So the correlation here is that I still want to do the same thing, but now I'm looking to help people as individuals and not what the other business was based on. I can totally relate, but I would have to say that with my previous business model, make money was always at the beginning. <laughs> and yeah, I was helping people, but it was all about money, 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 money. And that's hard for me to admit, but it was. Well, it's true. Yeah. And I would have to say that in my pursuit of money, I was lost in my business. Like you and I connected, but we had so many phone calls and we could just hop on a Skype and chat. And thank you for being so awesome because I felt so comfortable talking to you at any point. Like there were so many times that we just joked, but it was always rush, 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 money, 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 get another client, even if I'm overwhelmed. And there was also a lack of I didn't have confidence. Like I knew I was good at what I did, but I didn't see that I could charge more than I was. Right. And I hate to say it, listeners, I hope you're, I mean, this is going from listening to entrepreneurship. So just hear me out for a quick second and then we'll get back to listening. But the lack of confidence and the lack of knowing my value and my worth really contributed to where I wound up and feeling so, 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 so low because I was overworking myself due to the lack of confidence. And I didn't realize there were simple shifts that could be made. And sometimes you just need to talk that out with somebody. So when people, when I did start talking, and sometimes you have to talk to a lot of people before you find that right person. Because so many times I was told, well, you can do this. So you should start offering this. You can do that. So you should start offering that. No. What really started to strike a chord was, Kim, you're worth more than this. And I don't mean just financially, but as a person, you are worth more than this. Absolutely. And that's an, an incredible point because it's very difficult, especially as an entrepreneur, for a person to say, you know what? This is what I'm worth. You either choose to pay it or you will find someone else. And, you know, there is a fine line because need to be heard was conceptualized actually to give back. Right. But we are in a position where we're not independently wealthy and we do need to charge for our services. Although we are free and will be completely free for essential healthcare workers throughout the course of the pandemic. But yes, there is a fine line where you realize you are worth your time is money and you do need to find a way to feel adequately compensated for what you believe you're worth. That is so important to your self-image and the future of your business. I know that we didn't get on this call to have a brainstorming session, but can I ask, have you ever considered 
becoming a nonprofit, like a 501, whatever, ABCDEFG. I'm not up on all that lingo, <laughs> right? And I'm just asking because I know there's so many people, especially right now, and I wouldn't expect it to change too quickly in the future who could really use the services but might just not be able to pay for it. But when there's all types of people out there who would be willing to donate to the cause and fund other people's listening, right? I'm just curious if you've thought about it. We approached it gingerly and we haven't gone there yet, but that's not to say that we're open to all ideas because we are. Love it. Love it. So a big part of listening that I found is that the person who's listening needs to really, truly be open to listening and not interjecting at that point. Do you find that with people who call in? Actually, I want you to cover how the whole process works. And no, listeners, K-N-O-W-N-N-O, this is not a sponsored episode by need to be heard, but I'm just so curious. How does the process work? Do they call in? Do they make an appointment? And how have you trained yourself to listen? Because I know as a podcaster, sometimes I get so wrapped up in wanting to interject. And I so often just keep myself muted to make sure I don't interrupt. But how do you control all that? And how do people come in to need to be heard? Well, there is definitely a training involved with becoming a listener because you have to allow a person to go through their thought process without interjecting. The key to that is understanding that you will not give your opinion until it's either asked for or very appropriate. The process of making an appointment with a need to be heard listener is very simple. You go to our website and you click on our book now button and it'll allow you to choose which listener you can choose whether it's audio, either by telephone or by audio Zoom or by video. And then you choose the time that works for you and you connect with the listener. The See, Kim, there is a major difference between hearing and listening, right? I can hear sounds around me. I can hear the snow plows running by my window. But when you're interacting with another human, the art of listening is not to be taken lightly, to give people the forum necessary to run through their thought machinations. And I digress for one second. With conventional therapy, you are likely diagnosed, but you feel that the majority of progress you make in those sessions is listening to yourself talk and working out problems, maybe without a word from your therapist. And to give people that form and give them the kindness and empathy and love that they need without putting them into the system, quote unquote, is a valuable resource. So to practice mindful listening the best thing you can do is to mute yourself while the other person is talking. And if your opinion, I digress again. If you're talking to a friend, sometimes there are taboos in the conversation. There are moments where you just know where it's appropriate for you to respond because that's what's expected of you. But if you're in a position where you're 
communicating with a professional listener, the forum is completely yours. You have the opportunity to be completely and legitimately heard where if you want someone's opinion, they're happy to give it to you. But the time is 100% yours. Ooh, I'm reading a book right now called The Prosperous Coach. And by the way, I don't consider myself a coach because I talk too much. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way. I want to give ideas, right? I just need to say that I would not make a great listener. And I think it's powerful to be able to own up to that. Yes, I can listen. But when I hear a challenge that I feel like I know how I could fix it, I want to just spit out what I'm thinking and tell them to go, go do it, then come back. Right. right. So <laughs> I don't consider myself a coach because I'm also not going to ask questions for the next two years and wait for the answer to be come up in therapy. There's definitely like that, that goes right along the coaching line. I, I wouldn't have patience. That doesn't mean I wouldn't care, but I wouldn't have patience to wait while they're talking because I always want to interject. I think that you're an, excellent listener because in order to open yourself up to new ideas you have to be able to fully hear what someone is saying so i respectfully disagree with you i hear you but i also want to say that my listening is selfish a lot of the time how because i listen for what i want to hear (laughs) in what way Like when I'm looking for new ideas or when I'm looking for solutions to my problems or clients' problems, I have the specific things that I'm listening for. Well, okay, maybe you just proved the point. If I were a listener, then I would be listening for those points. But I want to get back to the book that I'm reading, The Prosperous Coach. Mm -hmm. They bring up that, let's just say you're hopping on a call with a prospect And their suggestion is have it be a two-hour call and give them the best coaching experience that they've ever experienced in their life. So just like you and I were talking about, when I'm hopping on with a prospect, I give them the full taste of my brainstorming and my strategy, right? Like I'm not going to hold back. It's not going to be just telling about the program. It's going to be to show them me in action. But what the Prosperous Coach says is, you know, ask the question, is it okay if I coach you right now? And I love how you are leaving the table open for them to listen. And if they want to, I'm going to say to be coached, because I don't know what to call it. If they want feedback, let's just go with that. Then it's up to them to lay it out for you. Okay, do you have feedback? Because that's been a struggle, I got to say, with me and my husband. You know that, have you seen Beetlejuice? Of course. Okay, thank you. I was sure that your answer would be yes. But it the very end when they're going through the final scenes and Beetlejuice slaps the zipper on one of their mouths and then slaps the metal plate on another mouth so that they won't say Beetlejuice. There have been times when I've wished in my marriage that I was Beetlejuice. And this is to my husband, Dave, who I absolutely love, like that I could slap the metal plate on his mouth. So he would just shut up and listen to me. Or just have a remote control with a mute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And turn off the part of the brain where he's thinking about what he's going to say next. So I know he's actually listening to me. And that's probably been something that's come out of our mouths over and over again. Again, I love him dearly, but I know you're, you're listening to me, but are you, 
hearing me? Are you hearing exactly. the words that I'm saying and actually processing them in your head? Right. And remember, this has nothing to do with love. You can love someone you're involved without hesitation, but there is a skill to hearing and listening and the differentiation between the two. So, you know, you are absolutely, your analogy is 100% correct. As always. Thank you. I was reading A Year of Miracles just before we hopped on. I'm going through a couple days at a time. Gotta just say, because it's a year of miracles, but I usually read two days at a time. And it's so funny that day 80 was what I was reading, and it's on the holiness of a quiet moment. I just want to read you a section of what I read. Please. So timely. Like if I hadn't been reading two days at a time, I wouldn't have been on this day today. Isn't that like so awesome, synchronistic? But it says, too often we feel invisible unless we're making the cool comment, doing this or doing that. But we're so much more powerful when grounded in silence, taking a deep breath, knowing that what we don't say can be as powerful as what we do say, thinking deeply about something before making a response. Such actions leave room for the spirit to flow, to harmonize our circumstances and move them in a more positive direction. There's deep power and meaning in those words, and that is the heart of listening. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. So how did you become a professional listener? Well, I have always had the capacity to do that. And some people are just in tune with other human beings. And I've always found myself in the position where people rely on me to be their confidant, to be their advisor. And, you know, it wasn't just a question of monetizing it. I wanted to give back especially with all the pain and loneliness and anguish and isolation that the pandemic brought us. So the way that I became a professional listener was simply to say, you know what, this is something I can do to give back to humanity. And it's something that means a lot to me and that I have the skill to do. I mean, I wish I could play first base for the New York Mets, but I don't have the skill to do that. And I have a hard question for you. Not, it's Do not it. a hard question, but I'm asking because I'm your friend. So I see on your website right now, it's you and Tara. But with the state of our country and the world even in the last year, have you found any resistance because people may want to speak with someone in their own race? And do you see yourself expanding outside 
So we have not yet come across that particular race issue, which we fully intend on doing because we are, at our heart, going to be a multicultural organization. We want to expand around the world with all races, nationalities, religions, whatever it is. We just want people to feel safe. And that is the most important part of being a professional listener is giving someone the forum where they are safe, private, confidential environment where they feel nurtured and they feel fully heard. So, yes, Kim, we are absolutely aware of the limitations of our current staffing, but we will be taking steps in the near future to include others. You know, I don't say that like harshly. I was because it's just been really alarming for me. And there was just an episode that was released with Murray White where we were sharing and I, I just want to say, I mean, Mark and I are from different religious backgrounds. It doesn't, you know, matter. I love Mark. We've known each other for six years. We may have voted differently in the last election. I don't know. I didn't bring it up it because doesn't it doesn't matter. matter to me. I still love Mark, right? And I have great friends who are not the same race as me. I have great friends who don't have the same sexual preferences as me. It doesn't matter at all to me. I love all as long as you're respectful. I mean, there's things that you could do to me that would make me turn my back on you. Right. But why do you think those Until, people are your friends? And I can answer this. Because they respect me for who I am. Yes. And they feel safe with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's just been sad to see, like Marie and I were talking about how we have felt a little bit, I don't know if thwarted is the right word right now, and I'm not going to pull it up on the dictionary, but we haven't felt completely safe putting our thoughts out on social media, right? And even sometimes in conversation, I mean, my family has different views than I do. Mm -hmm. So there hasn't been that open space sometimes to share how we're feeling because of cancel culture. So I think it's amazing. I mean, well, I think it's amazing that you're giving this platform and this ability for people to get on and share what their thoughts are without having the feeling of being judged. Now, I just want to ask, though, wait, what? Wait, can, can I interject? Yes, please. As a professional listener, I'm going to interrupt you. So <laughs> social media is one thing because you are then putting your thoughts out there to whoever decides to read your posts, right? It's the furthest thing from private and it will never disappear. So, you know, you don't really have the opportunity to delve into your deepest thoughts in a public forum. Absolutely. But I do wish that people would listen more to the posts they read on social media rather than I mean, just like you and I are talking about here and that passage I just read from the book, if they read, if more people read, paused, and then perhaps commented back with a thoughtful response rather than the first thing that pops in their mind, which could very often be hurtful. Right. Then and maybe there would be more space for public listening. Definitely, definitely. And that is the ultimate goal of Need to Be Heard, is to be able to provide a forum where you can feel that way, you can feel safe, you can feel heard. But yet, the art of listening is such that 
your first response is not always the best response. So to be able to take that step back and think about what you're going to say, you know, engage brain before putting mouth in gear, that's a skill. And not everyone has that. Oh, I mean, I try to go from park to, I don't even know what gear in my car all the time. And then I hear the, <laughs> you know, the, the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Back in 2015, before you and I met, probably, I remember posting in a large group I was in on Facebook. I was trying to share, I think it, it was probably around Valentine's Day and people were in a little place of misery because they hadn't found that special someone. I remember being in that place, even when I was married to my first husband, the romance wasn't there. The respect wasn't there. So I would often feel down on Valentine's day. And I was trying to share, you know, where I'd come from and where I was now and how there's hope. And if this is your first episode listening to you, my listener, who's this is the first episode, I want you to know that there is hope. I mean, I came out of a emotionally abusive relationship which was abusive to me and my boys. And then I met my husband completely by accident on Craigslist. I was looking for furniture. I saw a little link that said men looking for women went in there to laugh at jerks and found my husband instead. It's entirely possible. We don't get along 24 seven, but he is my soulmate. I know it. And we can't expect ourselves to get along with everybody all the time. They have bad days. We have bad days. We need to give ourselves grace and forgiveness. But I had posted a little bit of the story of what had happened with my ex. And I remember, just to give context, and somebody came in immediately and responded, well, isn't that convenient? Always blaming the ex-husband because you were perfect. I was like, wait a second. If you had just taken a moment to read and listen, then you would have seen that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was trying to share a story of hope. Right. Because people are trying to interject their own opinions and their own foibles into what they read, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking at it only from their perspective. Absolutely. I can't say I never, I don't ever get in that trap, but in the last six years, I've done so much work on myself that I've learned how to stop and listen is what I'm trying to say. Even on the podcast, I was interrupting, and I know I've interrupted here today, but my interrupting back in the early days were so much more than they are now. And I was just usually thinking about what I was going to say next, rather than even listening here on the podcast. And it's embarrassing to admit that, but I was a horrible listener at the beginning. If right. you could it's, go, sorry, go like ahead, the Mark. interrupting cow joke. Oh, Yeah. For those of you who don't know the joke, do you want to do it? Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Who? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you could go back and tell yourself anything, like give yourself of 20, 25 years ago hope, what would you tell yourself? That's a great question. The answer is probably not only one thing, but I would believe stay calm. There is love. There is hope. You're going to be okay. Mm. That and don't forget to nap a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because I think the name of the first episode was something about 
he hates Mondays and likes naps. True. Yeah. I love Mondays, though. Have you changed that perspective on Mondays at all in the last five years? Well, so these days, it's not so much that I don't like Mondays. It's just that I am in no way, shape, or form a morning person. So, you know, I actually look forward to Mondays because need to be heard is such a great challenge and such a great emotional experience for me. I don't mind Mondays at all anymore. You know, Monday mornings, I need my coffee. But outside of that, I'm good. I hear that. I hear that. And I remember that first that first conversation. And I think I professed my love for Mondays and my love for Mondays at that point was because all my kids were out of the house. Right. I think I'm just trying to think. Yeah. By 2017, they were either in daycare or all in school. Now I love Mondays still. However, it's been a bit challenging now. And it's been really interesting this past year, looking at different perspectives because I never thought, you know, I've heard people say that they've been lonely and you and I have already talked about it. I'm lonely in this past year when they can't leave their house and everything's closed. And it never occurred to me, all the people, I mean, my mom lives by herself. And it never occurred to me that she could be lonely because here I am with five kids and a husband in the house and it's hard to get quiet. Right. I mean, I can't go into the bathroom and shut the door without somebody knocking on the door and saying, mom, <laughs> mom. But it never occurred to me that I could still be lonely and that I was lonely because all of a sudden the events that I was going to in years prior, those are gone. I mean, I'm an introvert, but I still love going to events. Am I exhausted at the end of the day? Yes, but there was that adult interaction and I didn't realize how much I missed it until an opportunity came up to get more of the interaction. My husband and I can talk all day long. But we're different people with different interests and we don't, I don't talk about my business to my husband because he doesn't get half of what I'm saying. And I don't get half of what he's saying because he's a video game designer and I don't get it. Right. And it is very possible to be lonely in a crowd. It doesn't matter how many people you have around you. Loneliness is a state of heart and a state of mind. Absolutely. And I should say that I know that you are at home with the kids there is a new blog on our website written by a a very well respected public school teacher about dealing with the stresses of covid and the virtual learning environment which there's so many aspects to it like it Mm -hmm. never occurred to me at the beginning i was excited by virtual learning i can't explain it I am not a homeschooling mom. That's not what I was built for. But I was excited because I didn't have to get up early to take them to school. But then comes the challenge of making sure that they're doing everything that they need to every day while still trying to fit in what I need to do. Listeners, I just got to put this in there. Yesterday, I got our van stuck in a mound of snow trying to back over the snow that the (laughs) snowplow had put into our driveway. And I got to say, it's been hard for me in the last day. I'm just putting it out there because all of a sudden we can't go anywhere. Both of our vans are plowed in. And I didn't know until we got this massive snowplow that our shovel had broken. So we're here until 
the shovel that we ordered from Amazon comes. Well, the snow will melt by June. You'll be fine. By June. (laughs) (laughs) But with that said, I feel so grateful because we're in a warm place. I mean, I'm totally time stamping this, but I was given major perspective this morning when I was looking out the window and I was thinking about even just a year before we met, my husband didn't feel like he had anybody to talk to. He was a disabled U.S. Air Force vet who was in a really bad relationship where there were drugs involved. And he had to leave. He knew he had to leave for his safety mentally and physically. So given no other options, because he didn't have money to get his own place, in the middle of winter in Fargo, North Dakota, he lived in his car. And he had a sleeping bag and more blankets and long johns, and he would sleep in his car every night. But he didn't feel like he had anybody that he could talk to. Of course. And just down the street from me, I mean, yesterday it was negative four degrees here in Ohio. Just down the street from me is a gentleman who has, okay, I don't know the politically correct way of saying this. So correct me if I say it wrong, Mark, if you know. Mm -hmm. He's mentally disabled. He's got challenges, okay? He's living in his van here in our neighborhood, which is an awesome neighborhood. And the authorities check on him every once in a while. But they can't do anything about it because he's not breaking any laws. He moves his van every three days so he doesn't get a ticket. Right. But here I am in my house with heat, with enough food to get us through the next few days. So do you feel guilty about that? I don't feel guilty. And this is going to, this could come out really wrong, but I don't mean it to. I feel gratitude that I have what I have and it gives me a new perspective about complaining when I complain about the fact that my kids are driving me crazy when I know that throughout the country throughout the world there are people facing challenges far more than what I could ever experience in a day right now even if our power went out I could go into my bed and cover myself up with blankets while there are people around the world in our own country who don't have blankets right I mean, Texas just got dumped with snow. There's homeless people in Texas who haven't necessarily had to have blankets. I don't mean to be naive. Yes, they've had blankets. But snow is nothing that they've had to encounter before or recently. And what you're bringing up is a very important point about gratitude. And that it's okay to understand and feel what you have that others may not have. And the desire to want to help others is very much based on being able to have that feeling of gratitude for what you have. And that really is one of the main driving factors behind the concept of need to be heard is that I've been very lucky in my life to be able to have wonderful friends and people who love me And the knowledge that there are so many people out there who are struggling without that, it is my joy to be able to give back. And it means so much to me. It's so important. I got to say, to follow up on that, I think that's what makes awesome entrepreneurs awesome, is their willingness to give without expecting to receive something right away. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that you have a blog where you're giving out information, 
I've worked with enough entrepreneurs and businesses, and I'm not including the previous business that I worked for with you in this, but I've worked with enough who felt like the only time that they would send an email out to their people is if they were selling something. It was always get, get, get. Right. It's about giving. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be, you know, the numbers person here, but I'll tell you that that did not resonate with their people. Their people wanted to get, their people wanted to be heard. Their people wanted to be asked questions. I mean, a simple email. Thank you, Mark. You just inspired an email to my list just now. You know, how are you doing today? Can I support you on anything? And no, I'm not asking for money. How far would that go with the email list when they knew that at the bottom of the email, there's not an invite to join the latest program that they're offering? So this client's open rate was 3%. And I was just having a conversation yesterday. I would have loved that size email list, 100,000 people, but not with a 3% open rate that didn't feel at all connected to me and didn't know that they could respond to any of the emails that I send out and actually be heard, be heard. So I guess stemming from what Mark is, you know, Mark's business model, even if you're not a professional listener, even if you're not a coach, how can you let your people, your community, your email lists, your customers know that they're heard and respected and you care about them today? Well, you really hit on it. The way to do that is to give without wanting to get back. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful because we live in a society that is so self-centered to be able to offer your services, yourself, your heart to other people and not ask them to give you money for it. Yeah, that's incredibly powerful. I have to admit, it's been a little bit hard not to mute out all the ideas that are going in my head right now. That's when I start fumbling over my words. The bloopers and the typos that come out of my mouth come when awesome conversations like this just start filling my brain with, oh, 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 I got to work on that. Oh, I have to do. (laughs) So thank you. Jot down ideas as you go along. Yeah, but then I'm not listening. Ah. There's so many awesome podcasters that I know who can take notes while they're listening to their guests. But I found that when I try to take notes, I'm actually not listening. That's right. You're zoning out because you're doing something else. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to touch on that for a second. I have no doubt that the proposal I used to get you and your company as a client in 2015 said something about how I'm a master multitasker. Mm-hmm. I am woman, therefore I multitask. <laughs> oh, it's painful to think about it because I didn't realize at that time that multitasking was preventing me from being the best version of me that I could be. Focus on one thing, get it done. Focus on listening and hear. Well, it's a question of prioritization. I mean, everyone... You know, the ability to multitask is important, but you need to be able to stop and focus and listen if you really want to engage. Yeah, but I was using it as I can work on multiple clients' work at one time. How is that fair to my clients? There's a difference between listening to a podcast and washing dishes. Right. And trying to 
be in different parts of my business all at the same time. I mean, I can't be podcasting and building an Infusionsoft campaign at the same time. Sure. It's not fair. Like, Well, I mean, you can. It'll just be bad. <laughs> yeah, both sides will be bad. What is one golden nugget that you would like to leave listeners with today? I would want people to focus on the importance of breathing and the understanding that you are a very valuable component of friendship and love when you listen, when you fully listen to hear what other people are saying. And that is the way to formulate long-term relationships. That is the way to find the love that you're missing and allow yourself the freedom of silence. I had to leave silence there just so it could be absorbed. Do you know how know, hard I that was? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, where can people go to connect with you, you yourself, and also need to be heard? People can email me any time of the day or night at mark, M-A-R-C, at needtobeheard.com. That's need, the number two, the letter B, heard.com. And our website is needtobeheard.com. And you can reach out any time of the day or night. We would love to hear from you. Any questions, any concerns, please, we want to be there for you. Listeners, I want to thank you for joining us today. Mark, we cannot wait six years to have you back on the podcast again. So yeah, let's do this again. But listeners, if you are driving, please be careful. If you're trying not to be burn dinner, if you're working out right now, please don't try to go visit the show notes right now. Take care of yourself, but they will be available for you anytime at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp701 i know mark and i would both love your feedback share this episode with the friends who you know need it and leave a rating and review that will help us get our messages out into more people's ears who need to hear what we're saying but mark do you have any parting words any more parting words before we close out today's show i can always have parting words but i just want to say people stay cool Enjoy your life. Know that there's love out there for you. There's connection. There's a way for you to really be heard. And by the way, I'd like to thank Kim Sutton, who does a fabulous job on her podcasts, is a brilliant entrepreneur, and will be a great friend of mine for many years to come. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. (laughs) 